Hey, good morning, everyone. We're going to stand and we're going to worship. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to turn our, our focus on him, raise our praises to him. We're going to sing, sing with our voices, our instruments that God's given us to glorify him. So house of the Lord.
morning, everyone. Welcome to Chapel Grace. So glad to see you guys. I love it when I hear good morning back. Thank you, Dee. You just made my day. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to go over some quick announcements that we have um, coming up. Um, I just wanted to remind you that this Wednesday, May 25th, um, at uh, there's going to be the CHS uh, Baccalaureate. Um, at 7 o'clock, and it's in the high school auditorium, so make sure you guys show up, support our seniors um, as they just uh, start their journey into adulthood and start them off on the right track. Um, we're going to have Travis Avila speaking, um, so don't you don't want to miss that. Um, also, um, we have the Derby Parade. So the Derby is this coming up weekend. Um, so we're working on having a float in the Derby um, for, sat for Saturday, the 28th. Um, you can contact Misty Carmona in the office if you'd be interested in helping out with that or participating. Um, just let her know so we can get that, um, get that done this week. And then also, don't forget to mark your calendars. VBS is going to be back to its normal one-week VBS again this year, finally. Um, we'll get back to a little bit of normalcy after COVID. So that is going to be July 25th through the 29th. Um, and then we're going to have VBS Sunday on July 31st. Um, and then ladies, don't forget, we have the women's retreat coming up. The date for that is September 16th through the 18th. Um, and you guys can start signing up for that now. Get your calendars marked so you don't forget it. Um, you can start making payments, we can start doing fundraising, all that fun stuff um, so that we can all go and just enjoy that time. So again, that's September 16th through the 18th. Um, and then also don't forget, um, we have Growth Track. So if you have not gone through Growth Track, we have 101 all the way to 401. Um, and that's going to lead you from membership all the way to just serving in the church and um, finding out what your your gifts are. Everyone has our spiritual gifts. We want to make sure you guys learn that and we can get you um, just in that place so you can just serve the Lord. Um, so that will be starting up again June 5th. So the first Sunday in June, June 5th, we will start over again with 101. Um, you can sign up at the welcome table. Give me your information and that way I can just remind you because um, it is at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings. So it's right before the service. So um, make sure you uh, get signed up for that. And then again on June 5th, um, starting that Sunday evening, we're going to be going through the book of Romans. So we finished the book of Acts. Um, we met Sunday nights. We went through it. It was a great, great time of just digging deep into the book. Um, and then, so then we're going to be starting with Romans, um, uh, starting on June 5th. So that's two Sundays? Yeah, two Sundays. Two Sundays from now. So make sure you guys come for that. Um, and then if you're new, um, make sure you fill out. These are in the front of the pews. We want to just get your information so we can get to know you a little bit better. Um, make sure you bring them back to the welcome table. We have a welcome gift for you. We'd love to give you. Um, maybe you make a decision today. You can mark that on here. Maybe you just have a prayer request or something that's just on your heart. You can put that on here too. Um, and again, you can either bring it to the welcome table as you're leaving, or you can drop it in the tithes and offering box in the back. Um, and with that, if you feel led to give to the Lord today, um, again, we have the tithes and offering box there in the back. We've got um, text to give 
And um, we also have um, the website where you can um, give through that as well. So um, let's just go ahead and continue to serve our Lord. Stop the Lord. the world. 
can stop the Lord Almighty? We know the answer to that. It's no one. No one or nothing can stop, stop the Lord Almighty. He's fighting our battles. His blood breaks the chains. Lord, we pray that chains would be broken, that battles would be overcome this morning in Jesus' name. By the power of your blood, Lord, remind us of your faithfulness. Remind us of your power. You're the living water. We're quenched and dry without you. Our lives are a desert without you, Lord. So we just pray for that living water, your Holy Spirit to come. Don't leave us in the same place. Change us, mold us, make us. No chain is too tight for it to be broken. joy when my heart is 
Give life. You give life. 
be seated. Because you guys are allowed to sit, I'm sitting today. So, how's everybody doing? Doing all right? Oh, I heard, I heard blessed. That's awesome. It's a good thing. Uh, I'm still in the process of getting over knee replacement surgery, so I decided that rather than stand for 30 minutes or whatever up here, I was going to sit, which might be just as bad. So if I end up crying by the end of it, that's all right. Just I'm crying because the sermon got to me too. So <laughs> I want to make sure that uh, everyone remembers uh, or knows uh, Jim Peavy passed away this past week. And so uh, we need to be praying for him. I don't know anything about ser uh, services or anything just yet. So we need to uh, be praying for Jim's family and all of us that you know knew him and loved him. He's a great man. Uh, and so... Uh, heaven has gained a great person, and uh, he's a warrior for Jesus. So um, just be playing for him. And all the other ones, it seems like we're, we're losing some really dear people a lot lately. So just, uh, I guess that's just life. But uh, let's just keep praying, and uh, they're, they're better off than we are, let me tell you. Um, and so I heard somebody say one time, don't mourn the, mourn the dead, mourn the living. And, uh, you know, it's true, because 
especially if you're a believer, man, you've got nothing but goodness in front of you, you know. So let's go ahead and pray and start out, and then um, we'll jump right into this, okay? So, Lord, I just want to thank you for this morning, and I praise you for it, God. You are amazing. Um, no matter what we go through, no matter what trials, temptations, and problems that we have, God, you are there for us. Um, I want to pray for Jim Peavy's family, Lord. I thank you for his life and what it meant to Chapel Grace, but uh, also what it meant to this community. And he's, he's, he's a great man. Lord, thank you for giving us a little bit of time with him. But, uh, Lord, I just thank you that uh, you, he's not in pain anymore, and he's re- standing there with you rejoicing and, and dancing on the streets of gold, uh, even though I never saw Jim dance before, but I think he would be today. And so thank you for that, God. Uh, we pray for all those who are hurting today, whatever it is they're going through, God, whether it be you know personal reasons or actually seriously injuries or whatever, God. I just pray that you would be with each person and uh, be with those who weren't able to make it this morning, God, for whatever reason, uh, and bring them back to us safely. And uh, I pray, Father, that you would just guide me through this message, Lord, and uh, that the words that come out would be exactly what you want, not what I want. Um, we thank you, Lord, and uh, we praise you for all things in Jesus' name. Amen. So today is called the trek. I should have said the trek with Jesus is probably what I should have said, but it's just the trek, the, 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 the journey that we're on in life. We all have a journey, and I'm kind of finishing up a little bit of, a, of, a, of the talk after Easter, um, and I know that Easter was quite a while away, and I missed a couple of weeks but, uh, since. But, you know, we all have these basics that we have to go through after we receive Jesus and after we follow Jesus, and, but these basics aren't something that all of us should forget. They're all there for all of us. As it seems, though, as we get along in life, we tend to forget all the things that we're supposed to do and how our journey is supposed to progress with Jesus. And so one thing I want to ask you, and maybe you, this, you don't have to answer back to me because I know sometimes I tell you to, not this time, but have you ever considered, can people really change? And can we really change? I mean, because think about it. Seriously, I, I look back on my life and I go, how come I still do this? How come I still act like this? And how come I still do these things? And, but I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of things that I used to do that I don't do. And so what I'm trying to say is, are we stuck with the things that we learned as we were growing up, the things that were wired into us? You know, the things that we learned from our parents, the things that we learned from the, uh, the issues and the, the experiences that we went through or whatever, um, are we going to be able to come overcome those? And the answer, I have to say, is overwhelmingly yes. Um, we can, we, can, we can overcome those lack of lessons, those things that we learned in early in our life before we became a believer in Jesus. And, you know, some things we still have to overcome now, even as we follow Jesus and as adults, right? And that's called the trek or the journey with Jesus. And there's one thing I've seen following Jesus in, uh, in my whole time that I've been doing, and I've only been doing it for, I don't know, 25, 30 years. I don't remember, really. Seems like all my life, but it hasn't been. Uh, I've seen... Uh, I've seen him, uh, one thing I can tell you is that Jesus changes people. Changes people. He changed me. Um, and as you move forward with Jesus in this trek or this journey, maybe I should say journey too. If I say journey, it's the same thing as trek, kind of moving forward. Um, Jesus knows where he might take us and how we need to change or how we might change. He knows all of this. And the experiences and the things that we go through, even before we receive Jesus, are important in our life. You know, uh, teenagers, whoever's in here is a teenager, uh, I, don't, I wouldn't want to go back to being a teenager, so I'm glad, eventually, you know what, you guys won't have to deal with it either, but there were some good lessons that I learned as a teenager. I made a lot of bad choices when I was a teenager. Um, I'm not going to go over what those bad choices were, 
But they weren't good. And I wasn't a Christian. I wasn't a follower of Jesus. But those things that I did even back then, I look back on them and I go, I can see where Jesus was working through my life, even though I didn't know Jesus then. The things that I learned, the things that, that, uh, that I did that I went, whoa, I should never do that again. Um, I will say this. He kept me out of jail. Thank you, Lord. I never went to jail. I think it was close a couple of times, but I didn't go. Um, and even if I had, still would have learned from that. But, um, you know, there's some things in our life. Is this too loud? I feel like it's loud. No? Okay, good. Um, feels like I'm in a can sometimes. I think that uh, we're going to find some inciting uh, insights into this as we go through the journey with Jesus. And I got, I got five things I want to talk to you about. And uh, so for me to get through five things in 30 minutes, that's going to be pretty challenging. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to do my best. So the main thing, the first thing I wanted to talk to you about is positive movement in the midst of failure. In other words, you fail forward, not backwards. So a lot of people think that when you fail, when you do something and you fail, that that defines who you are, whatever, that you made a mistake and that you can never go over, get over that. But the fact is, we can, we can fail forward. When we make a mistake, when we have a problem, it doesn't need to make us go backwards. It doesn't need to make us go, oh, man, I can't, whatever. And so there's one person, and you guys are probably all already know who I'm heading to in the Bible, that did a lot of this positive movement, positive failure forward. And that would be Peter. The, the, Peter is a guy who gives us lots of material to use. If, if I were a, a comedian, which I would love to be, I'm not really that great at it, but I have fun with trying to be one. Uh, but if I were a comedian, I'd have a lot of material with, G, with, uh, with Peter, man. You could just go, go crazy with him. Um, and honestly, though, everything that he went through, if we're honest with ourselves, everything that he did, I think we do. Think about it for a minute. Has there ever been a time when you should have praised Jesus or simply prayed before your meal, but you were too embarrassed to do it, so you just ate? Is that not the same thing as what Peter did when he said, you know, get, I, don't know I don't know Jesus? Um, you know, his, his, he has some big failures, but I think one of his most biggest failure is the one I just talked about, and it's just before Jesus' cru crucifixion. It's a big one, and he gets, just like us, he got intimidated in front of a bunch of people. He didn't go, he kind of like stood in the background a bit as Jesus was being crucified, as he went through all the stuff that he went through, and he was there, the Bible says that he was there warming himself around the fire. You know, I guess it was, you know, whatever, it was a cold day. And they were warming themselves, and this young girl... Looks, and says, looks to G Peter and says, hey, he was with Jesus. And do you th what did, all of you know, what, most of you should know what Peter said. What did he say? Oh, no, that wasn't me. I don't know this guy. That, I'm not that guy you're talking about. And we know that, that Jesus told Peter he was going to deny him three times. And, but, you know, the one thing I want you to understand is this is probably like a school-aged servant girl who was Peter was being intimidated by. But then also understand there were a lot of people standing around there, too, that he didn't want, you know, he, he's like, oh, man, they're going to take me and beat me down, just like they're doing to Jesus, so I'm not going to do that. And so he, he didn't just deny him once or twice, he did it three times, as I said. And his second most, one of his, one of his biggest failures, his second big failure, is probably one in Matthew 16, uh, where, he's talk, where Jesus is talking about his crucifixion. If you remember this, if you know anything about this, Peter pulls him to the side. Jesus is saying, I'm going to be crucified, I'm going to be killed, I'm going to be you know, all of these things are going to happen to me before I'm, and, and, and you need to know all of this about me. And so what he says, Peter pulls him to the side and says, Lord, this, no way. This is in, in uh, Matt, I'm sorry, in uh, Matthew 16, verse 22, he says, no way 
I'm going to let that happen to you, Jesus. There's no way I'm going to let them take you and do that to you. And what does Jesus say to Peter? Does he go, oh, good job, Peter. Awesome, right? That's exactly what I wanted all of you to do. No, he said, verse 23, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> That's a pretty big deal because what the, the, it's, it, it's something that, I don't know about you, but if I had Jesus tell me to my face, get behind me, Satan, I would be pretty disappointed and pretty put out. What about you? That's a pretty big deal. Uh, so he actually said, you know, not only are you wrong, but you're the devil's mouthpiece right now. Huh. Is that a failure that any of us can... But then it was also made that Jesus, all of these failures were positive movements so Jesus could move forward. He learned from all of them. He learned from every single one of them. And maybe not right in that moment of the time that he did, but he did learn from them. I want you to think about some of the things that you may have done, some positive things that... Some positive failures. I don't know if you can even think about any failures that were positive. I have plenty. I go through them all the time. But you know, Peter made so many mistakes for us to learn from. But, but then again, who doesn't make mistakes? Do you, if you say you don't make mistakes, you just made one. You just lied to me. Because we all make them. We all do them. He, he, he's the one who cut off the high priest uh, servant's ear when they came to arrest Jesus. Does anybody remember that? And Jesus went, what in the world are you doing? I'm brucinizing this. He's like, what in the world are you doing? And he put it back on his head. He took the ear that was laying on the ground and put it back on the servant's head and, and, you know, surgery. I don't know. Just boom, put it right back on there. Because he said, put your sword away. Remember, Peter already said that he wasn't going to let this happen to him. And what does he do anyway? He takes the sword out and goes, poof. And he just, he was, he had, he's a hard-headed person like a lot of us. You can see that in John 18, 11. Peter's the one who, after the transfiguration, when Moses and Elijah talked with Jesus on the mountain and said, let us make three shelters and memorials. Can you turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 9? Real quick, I want you to see the transfiguration because I thought about that. I was just going to say, just trans the transfiguration. But then I started thinking, if I hadn't read about it a lot, I'd be like, I would be like, what in the world is a transfiguration? What, what, what the heck is pastor saying up there? And so I want to read it to you so you understand what it means. Uh, in verse, verse 2, it starts out and says, uh, After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up to a high mountain uh, where they were all alone. And there, were, there he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses who were talking with Jesus. And that's when Peter turns to Jesus and says, We need to make a memorial for this because... Wow, look at this. But the Bible says, this is from the NLT. He said this because, Mark 9, 5 through 6, he said this because he didn't know what else to say. Or he was terrified. He was terrified. I mean, he's seeing, think about this. He is seeing Jesus glowing, like bright white. And he sees Moses, and he sees Elijah, and they're all talking. You guys understand? You know who Moses and Elijah were? Moses and Elijah were some big... Moses is the guy that led them out of captivity. Moses is a big deal. And Elijah's a big deal. He's one of the greatest prophets of all time in the history of, of uh, the Israelites. And these were big-time men who had already passed and gone on to be with God. But here he is coming down to talk... They, here they are down here talking with Jesus and Peter and the rest of the disciples. Well, Peter and John, I should say, got to witness this. And I don't know if you understand how big a deal that was, but it's like a jaw-dropping moment. And instead, Peter 
Peter kind of says, all he says is, maybe we should build some memorials to remember this. And he didn't say it because he felt that was what they should do. He said it just because he was terrified. I don't know about you. Sometimes when God does things in my life, I'm terrified. How about you? You ever been terrified with something God did? I mean, maybe you don't think God did it. Maybe it's not really necessarily you see God doing it. But something is happening in your life. Um, maybe you got pulled over by the police because you were going too fast or whatever. I don't know about you, but my heart rate goes up about 60 times. You know, and I'm trying not to, and they're like, what are you nervous for? Because you pulled me over, man. What do you think I'm nervous for? I don't get pulled over every day. What? You got lights behind me flashing. You got people looking at me as you're going by, and they're all saying, oh, that's Pastor Bruce. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm nervous, man. <laughs> but it's just, it's one of those crazy things that, we learn from, uh, you, after that, I set my, my cruise control on any place, and I make sure that I stay, whatever. I don't remember who it was. They were like, you can stay 10 miles over the speed limit. Being me, I'd still get a ticket. You know, right? All those other people flying around you on the road, and you're go, they feel like you're going like two miles an hour. But uh, anyway, so he's the one who, uh, who did this just because he was terrified. He was terrified. And there are times in our life when we're going to go through things, and it's going to terrify us. And we're just not going to know what to say. So we kind of insert foot in mouth and that's what happens. But it's okay. You can fail forward. When you make a mistake, and we're going to learn all about these things, every single one of these, Peter had a learning moment from them. Peter's the one who, when Jesus began to wash the disciples' feet, refused and said, no, you're never going to do this to me. In John chapter 13, verse 8. I didn't put them all up there because everything is, it's like there's so much so many verses, and I wanted you guys to kind of look at some, but uh, Mark chapter, sorry, John chapter 13, verse 8, he said, you're not going to wash my feet, Jesus. There's no way. And what did Jesus say? What do, you, do you remember what Jesus said to him? Yeah, if, you, if I won't wash your feet, you're going to have no part in me. No part in me. And then Jesus goes, well, then wash all of me, man. Do it from head to toe. See, he still kind of missed it a little bit there, but he's, he understood that he had, he had messed up. And he's the one who confronted Paul, but he was confronted by Paul when he went backwards on what he was saying about the Gentiles and talking about being uh, circumcised, trying to bring the law into salvation and faith in Jesus and adding it to it. And Paul said, wait a minute, Peter, wait a minute. You know that this isn't right. And you're letting this peer pressure of all of these other people get to, get to you. You know, we all have that problem too, right? Peer pressure was huge when I was a kid. Still huge as an adult. Let me tell you, I still got people that can egg me on to do things. One day, somebody egged me on to go hit David on the rear end and, and save Mark. And I don't know what got over me, but I did it. David Carmona. And I shocked him. I was a youth pastor then, so I could get away with it then. <laughs> but it was, pretty, it was pretty resounding loud smack, and I loved it. But um, it's just something that you do that you don't expect that you're going to do and going to happen to you in life, right? Now, David forgave me for that right away. He could have really beat me down, and I'm glad he didn't because he's a lot taller than me. And back then, I could still run a little bit, so I kind of got away from him. No, I didn't get away. I actually stood there and took it because I wanted to see his face. It was a glory. I wish I had a picture. Um, but, you know, I make lots of mistakes. I do lots of things, but Peter made lots of mistakes for us to, to look at. And, you know, this big deal of making a mistake with the Gentiles and all of that, it just reminds us sometimes we're going to go back and remake the same mistake. 
we've made a decision that this is what we're going to be and we know it's right, but then sometimes we kind of turn back. But it's okay because we can fail forward. We're going to learn from it. Uh, if, you were, if you understand or you re, if you've ever read, Peter's the same person who Jesus said, uh, Peter, you are the rock. You're the rock. When, and, and what he did when he said that is Peter had, when Jesus said, who do people say that I am? And this is in um, find it, Matthew chapter 16. He said, who do people say that I am? And Peter says, thou art the son, the, thou art the, son, the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, blessed are you, because this was revealed to you by, the son of, by God, not by man. And what a great moment, right? But then his next words are a big mess, mistake that his next words were where he said, I'm not going to let anything happen to you, Jesus. But after that, he says, Peter, you're the rock. You're the rock. You're the rock of this church. Not that he's going to be the one who the church is built on. That's Jesus. But he's going to be a big leader. He's going to be the, the first leader of the church. Right? He's going to be the one that people are going to turn to. And right now, if Peter was to look at that, if anybody was to tell me back when I was, I don't know, before I surrendered to Jesus, said, you're going to be a, you're going to be a pastor, and one day you're going to be standing in front or sitting in front of everybody and preaching the word of God on Sundays and, and counseling people and, and doing all that stuff, I would have been, you're out of your mind. I'm a plumber. That's what I do. I'm a plumber. I'm not, I'm not going to go out there and, and I fix people's drains. I don't fix people's minds or all that kind of stuff. But as it turns out, other hearts... I don't, but, I, but God called me to this. And that's part of where I'm going to get to here in just a minute. But I want to stick with this. You see, the church, Peter was called to be the leader of the church. The church is so much bigger than everything. The church is worldwide. I mean, David was telling us about going down to Mexico, and David, I've had too many Davids, right? David Echegaray went down to Mexico, which is a whole other world than what we see every day. And he was helping and, and saw and having a, a bathroom built which we take for granted. We all have bathrooms in our houses. They had to have a bathroom. They needed help to get a bathroom built. But the church came through for them over there. That's the church family. They are still the same church that we are. There's still, I mean, not the same local church. Church universal, big, all around, all of us together. So you see how big it is. The church is going to last forever. And we're a part of that. And in some ways, it just, Peter wasn't the, the reason the church came. Jesus is. I want to make sure you understand that. But Jesus, Jesus told Peter, you're going to be a big-time leader in all of this. You're going to be one of the first. And so as he's looking at this, he made many mistakes in his journey with Jesus. And Peter tells us that as long as we keep getting up and keep walking with Jesus, failure is never final. Failure is never final. So whatever you fail in, fail forward. It doesn't have to send you backwards. This journey, this trek... Uh, you're gonna we are all going to encounter disappointments. Do you guys believe that? How, how many of you have been disappointed this week? Anybody? Oh, man, thanks. You got your hands up. That's a big one. I was disappointed, whatever. It's whatever it was. Whatever happened. There's going to be things that happen. You're going to slip. You're even going to fail. And Peter's life shows us that some of the most important things in our life are the failures. Or what you do after a disappointment. How you react after disappointment. Uh, after his first big failure, Peter was having a tough time reengaging. Uh, uh, Jesus rose from the dead, and Peter was in a strange, awkward place. Right? He denied Jesus. Remember? Now Jesus has died, and he's come back from the dead. And he's kind of like in a place of like, well, what do I do now? 
You know, because I'm, I'm the one who denied Jesus. I'm the one who, who didn't stand up for him. And Luke chapter 22 says, certainly this fellow was with him. And Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. He does it again during this time. Luke 22, 59 to 61. He said, certainly this bad was with him. Sure, this was ringing in his head, I mean. I didn't mean to say he did it again. Um, he said, I don't know what you're talking about. And just as he's speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Bible says this, the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. That was when it all went down, when he was being crucified. So that was probably ringing in his head, that, 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 that failure, that thing of, well, I don't know how I can be any kind of leader or anything. Maybe he's thinking back to all the things Jesus said. He's like, I just can't do that. I'm saying, I, I, Peter was glad when Jesus came back, but he still had those piercing eyes of Jesus in his mind, piercing his heart, in his, in his mind, I should say, hanging this big failure over him, this big failure hanging over his head. So we see that Peter do, what Peter does in John chapter 21, 3 is exactly what many of us would do. Peter says, what was his profession before? He's a fisherman. I'm going to go back and go fishing. I mean, I've already failed. I messed everything else up. I might as well go back to what I was doing before. I might as well, I'm going to go out and fish. Let's give him some credit. Maybe he's just trying to get it clear his head. I don't know. Maybe he's out there casting a rod. and Sometimes that can be more frustrating when you don't reel anything. But honestly, it's just kind of one of those things to where you're just out in the wilderness and you're just, really, there's not much to do but just think about what's all around you. And you can forget about what's going on in your life. Maybe he was doing that. But if Peter's anything like me, I can imagine the inner dialogue. It was something like, I'm never going to be any good at this. Why did Jesus tell me all these things? I'm not that person. I'm not a rock. For goodness sakes, I'm sinking sand. I'm going to stick with you. Uh, I'm going to stick with what I know how to do and what I'm good at, which is why he went back to fishing. He was good at fishing. There are ten other guys who can be his fishers of men. I'll just be a fisher of fish. Think about it. He went back to that. But I want you to see something in the next point. God's call in our life is irreversible. You can't turn back. can't be taken away. It's irreversible. Even if we say and, and, we, and, some, and we say, well, and we stall it out, or we do it and then we stop and then we don't, and we have to get back to it. God calls us to something. You see, when you fail... On your journey with Jesus, it gets really hard. There's something inside of you that just wants you to go back to what was comfortable. Man, and for my case, I have to admit that going through ministry sometimes, I've been like, I just want to go back to Virginia, be near my family, and forget about all this. I'll just go back to being a plumber again. Matter of fact, in the midst of all that, I've even called the company I work for because they're still there and they're big, and said, not here while I was in here, but in, during my whole journey, and said, hey, is there a place for me there? And they were like, yeah. Because I just didn't know what to do. Is that you? Have you been through so much that you want to go backwards? Go back to what you were comfortable with? See, that's not the life with Jesus. What are you good at? Whatever it is, Jesus wants to make you better. He doesn't want to make you comfortable. So if you find out you're comfortable in something, if you're just fine the way it is, well, 
He's going to challenge you and have you go more. He wanted to be a fisherman again, Peter did. Problem was that he was called to be a church leader, more or less a pastor. I believe Jesus had invested too much in Peter. I think he looked at Peter and thought, there's no way. He had learned too much, had gone through too much to just go back to fishing. All of these things that you've gone through, Peter, all of these things that we've been to together, I've been with you. I didn't leave you. You're not a fisher of fish, you're a fisher of men. See, he, didn't want, he, he wanted to be comfortable and he didn't want to take a risk anymore. See, I'm not saying that you won't try to go back to what was before. Because you may. But you're going to feel that calling of what God told you to do and you're going to go back to it. And you might be saying, well, I'm not a pastor. God has called all of us when you receive Jesus into the ministry. He's called all of us to be re, uh, fishers of men. Not just pastors. Not just deacons. Not just whoever, people leading in the church. All of us. Thank you. But the problem was that uh, he, he just couldn't see it. And all those failures, Peter had way too much, way too much on his mind. But at the same time, he had too much firsthand education to go back to the old days. Everything that he went through was a fail-forward moment. And it wasn't meant to go back on. I don't know where all of you are today. But I can tell you, I can tell you even if I wanted to stop... <laughs> I've had way too many failures to stop being a pastor now. Because I've learned from so many of them. Yes, I make lots of mistakes. I am not perfect. I don't, I'm not perfect in every single part of being a pastor yet. I fail with many things. And I'm going to fail. Just like my faith in Christ. I still have problems in my, in my Christian life, too. All of us do. We all have moments when we fail. And, and we have to understand that's okay but don't let, that revert, be, don't let that say, well, I'm going to go back to my life before. I'm going to pick up the bottle. I'm going to, whatever it is. Don't let that happen. Because your calling in God is irreversible. You know, I'm finding new ways to not do ministry almost every single day. Did you hear what I said about that? I'm finding new ways to not do ministry every day. And th- you know what, though? I can't buy that kind of experience. I went to school for, you know, Bible college for and got my bachelor's degree in missions and Bible. And then I went to uh, school to be, go back and get my, my bachelor's, I'm sorry, my master of divinity. And I learned a lot in both of those courses, both of those things. But the most I learned is I didn't know enough about God. And that those things that I learned in the classroom, didn't, some of them didn't translate well to experience. There's nothing like experience. There's nothing like going through something and learning from that. So, young kids, up to old, older people, <laughs> if I can say it like that, we, uh, we're all going to make mistakes until the day that we go, to, we go to heaven, and we're perfect in heaven. Look at Romans chapter 11, verse 29. It says, for God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. Or in other words, irreversible. It can't be taken back. That's Romans chapter 11, verse 29. By the way, we're going to be reading Romans starting in June, starting June 1, together. Uh, Romans is a book packed full of good stuff. And I don't know how I'm going to get through that in a couple months, but we'll see. 
You see, Peter, Peter wanted to go back, but Paul, in his infinite wisdom, didn't say this to Peter, but he said through the inspiration of God, for God's gifts and his call are irre- irrevocable. The gifts God has given you, they're not taken back. So if you feel like you can't do what you used to do, well, that's not true. I mean, not, I'm talking about your, in faith in Jesus. I'm not talking about going backwards in what you did before. In my case, I said I gave it away. I was a plumber. I haven't done plumbing for over 25 years, so don't ask me to fix your faucet. I don't fix faucets anymore. <laughs> but things have changed 25 years since I was a plumber. But I would probably help you anyway if you asked me. I've just done too many things now to stop and go backwards. I've learned too many things. I've failed forward too many times. His call and his gifts are irrevocable, irreversible. And God can redefine the location, the context, and the expression, but no matter what happens in your journey, the call doesn't leave. It doesn't go anywhere. So if you're sitting here today and you're questioning yourself, that's okay. We all do it. But don't turn back to what you were doing before. Because the enemy will always put those thoughts in your mind. Those thoughts that I was reading before, like, hey, when Peter said, I'm not going to be very good at this anyway, I might as well go back to fishing, I'm not that rock that Jesus talked about, those were all, those were all schemes of the enemy. He uses all of those negative thoughts to get us every time. Every time. Because God doesn't do that. God says, you are amazing. I love you. And you're going to be big and bold and beautiful. And you're going to be amazing all, no matter what, even if you fail forward, which is what I want you to do. And so his gifts don't go anywhere. Peter didn't lose his calling. He was still called. And we know that even after he went back to fishing and Jesus did something. Do you remember? Does anybody remember what Jesus did? He, he, some people say he restored Jesus, or Peter. Because sometimes we need to hear it from God again. Sometimes we just need to say, okay, I'm done, I'm going forward, and we need to hear God, or whatever. Some of the things uh, we thought might, might not have worked out, worked out better than you hoped. Really. And so, when it was all over with, you go, okay, I can see where God was working there. Peter finds a second chance, a path to re-engage, a path to restart. And it shouldn't surprise us that it starts with Peter taking a short journey with Jesus. Took a short spot, short kind of journey with Christ. And he said, in John chapter 21, Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me? Do you love me? First time Peter answered and said, yeah, Lord. Yeah, I love you. And he says, well then, feed my sheep. Get back into what I've called you to do, Peter. You may have failed me now, but you love me, right? I do, Jesus. You know I do. So he asked him again, Peter, do you love me? Well, the second time when he asked you that, how would you feel? Again, you're asking me the same question? He says, feed my sheep. Get back into what you're supposed to be doing. You're not a fisherman of fish. You're a fisherman of men. Peter, you can fish, but you can't just be a fisherman. 
Be the pastor. Be the shepherd. Be the rock I called you to be. And then he asked them one last time, Peter, do you love me? Peter responded, yes, you know, Lord, that I love you. And Jesus restored Peter back to what he should be. And he just reminded Peter of who he was. God will remind us of who we are when we start thinking down on ourselves in our journey with Jesus. The next time we see Peter, after that little talk with Jesus, he's in a room with the disciples after Jesus has risen to, the, risen to heaven. And what is he doing? The next thing, he's giving a big evangelistic message to, to people out there that he never would have done that to. And he's seeing 3,000 people come to Savior, come to saving knowledge of Jesus. That's the next time we see Jesus, Peter. The difference between that and then and before is he was powered by the Holy Spirit at this point. The Holy Spirit filled him up. And he was powered by God. See, we are powered by God. How do we lose that power? Well, we don't lose it specifically. But we can call, do something that's called dousing it or like cooling it down. I'm kind of messing it up in my brain here. It's not exactly what I want to say. But we can quench it is what some people say. We can kind of like almost silence it. The way we're acting in our life. The things that we're saying, the things that we're doing, the things how we're acting can somehow mess up those things in life. But all we have to know is remember what Jesus said to Peter. Come follow me and I will send you out to fish for people. Matthew 4, 19. Do you think it, it, his mind flashed back to Caesarea where he said, I'm going to build my rock? I think so. I think Peter looked at those things. I want to talk about Paul for just a minute. And then I'm going I'm, I'm to finish with that because the last two I'm never going to get through. Number three is fantastic life change. Consider what Paul did. Paul was a very zealous person. He was very zealous for Jesus. Not for Jesus, sorry. For God. He thought he was doing the right thing. But sometimes when we're doing the right thing, we think we are, we're not. We're not on the right path. Does that make sense to you? So he said, uh, it's uh, Acts chapter 9, verses 1 to 6, and so I can uh, kind of like shorten it up a little bit. We're talking about, this is where Paul, Saul at the time, his name was Saul, comes to Peter. I mean, Jesus comes to him in a place as he's on the way to send people to prison to, to have them killed for their faith. He stops and says, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples, and he went to the high priest and asked for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, which is what was being called the new, the new faith in Christ, the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him, and he fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? You see... Saul's life changed completely that day. All of our lives changed the day we intersected with Jesus. We just need to go back and remember it. See, Paul never let anybody forget what he did. He, the one thing he com completely started to talk about, he went from persecuting and capturing and killing Christians to becoming one. And he never stopped telling people about his journey and where it started. It was one of the first things he said when he would preach in his synagogues and to other people. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 13 to 14, he says, 
uh, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. It's a fantastic life change. Remember that life change. Remember what he did. Do you see the difference Jesus made in Paul's life? He did the same thing to you the day you received Jesus. And if you haven't, you can do that today. Before his journey began with Jesus, he was a living a life of ignorance and unbelief and blasphemy and violence. And he really thought he was on the correct path. He did. But Jesus came and said, no, this is what you're supposed to be doing. And it's a powerful idea. Uh, and and a lot of, I don't have time to go into it all. But I want you to understand. I understand something. When Paul did what he did, sending Christians to jail, he was very sincere about that. He was very, thought he was doing the right thing. In fact, he was sincere about most impor- the most important thing, what we care about, the will of God. He was just wrong. He was going the wrong way. Sometimes we need to acknowledge that we're doing the wrong thing. We can be sincere in some things, but it's not enough. Meaning well, being sincere isn't enough. See, Acts 22, verses 3 to 5 says, I was j-, Paul said, I was just as zealous for God as any of you are today. I persecuted the followers of of this way to their death, arresting both men and women, throwing them into prison. As the high priest and and all the council can themselves testify, I even obtained letters from the men to their associates in Damascus and went there to bring these people as prisoners to Jerusalem to be punished. Do you know what Paul called all of his stuff, all of his works while he was doing things? He called it all garbage compared to Jesus. You see, it's not that learning hard work and success is bad. But if we have anything of real value and worth, it's to be done in God's spirit, in in accordance with what God's will and God's word says. We need to make sure that our our sincerity, that our, our path that we're on, even though we mean well, we need to make sure that we're following God's path. There's a lot of people out there that are teaching different things that aren't God's path. You need to make sure that you're on his path. We need to make sure that even though you're sincere in what you do, make sure that it's following God's way. Make sure that it's doing what he's asked you to do. Because being sincere is an important part of the journey or the trek, but sincerity alone isn't enough. If you're sincerely wrong, you're still wrong, right? You're just like, less likely to admit that you're wrong because you're so sincere. But the journey with Jesus is more powerful than Paul's sincerity. It it was more powerful than anything. Paul walked hand in hand with Jesus, and everything changed. And that's the key. So I want to pray with you guys. I didn't get to finish it completely all the way. But that's okay. You got the gist of what I wanted to say. You would have known that if I hadn't told you. But I did kind of get to the last couple of ones. And I want you to hear that your amazing trek or journey with Jesus is something that is... Distinctly you. Everybody's journey is different. The, 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 the number one most popular thing, the, mo- the one thing that we all have in common is that Jesus called us to salvation. We receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. And then the journey from there goes completely different for many of us. 
for many of us. I don't exactly know where uh, your journey with Jesus is going to take you. I don't even know where mine's going to take me after today. Sincerely. And I don't mean, I mean sincere. But really, our journey with Jesus takes us in amazing places and we just don't always know where they're going to be. Right? So can you pray? Will you pray with me? Can you guys pile your heads and close your eyes? I'm sitting, so you're sitting too. Let's pray. Or Father, Father in heaven, I just thank you for this time and the opportunity to hear about our journey. Lord, there were so many more things that we can learn. But number one, the biggest thing is that we can learn from our failures. We can fail forward. Thank you, God, for that. You took, very, you took two different very people and changed them. And Paul and, and Peter. And God, you can do the same thing. You, you have done the same thing in many of us. God, you rescued me from alcoholism. And you pulled me out of depression and anxiety. And so, Lord, I just want to ask you that in this amazing trek together, in this journey together, Lord, I pray that you'd be with each and every one of us. That you would guide all of us. That you would bring us all to the place that we can see or to be fishers of men. And in those moments where we, we feel like we want to go backwards into what we used to do, may, you can, may we feel the conviction of your spirit right away and turn from it. But even if we continue on that path for a little longer than we should, help us to learn from that too so we don't do it again. Lord, this journey with Jesus, this journey, this trek with Jesus is a lifetime thing. And it goes beyond our life on this planet. It goes into everlasting life. So God, I want to thank you for this time together with, this, with my church family. I pray, Lord, that if any of us are struggling, if any people are struggling with their journey, they're not exactly sure which way they're supposed to go, I pray, God, that you would guide them to the way that they should be, to where they should go, and how they should act, what they should say. But God, in this room, I, I know that there's a lot of people that are very huh, sincere in what they're doing. But God, I pray that they're also following your will. May we do what you've called us to do. May we do what you've asked us to do. And may we stay on that path. And may that path never keep us comfortable. May we always be challenged every day. Lord, thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. And we all say, amen. So we're going to sing a song together. I'm going to get down from here. And I'd love to have you guys just sing. And think about what God has done in your life as we sing together. Praise the Lord, His mercy is more, stronger than darkness, new every morn, the sins they are many, His mercy is more. Remember no wrongs we have done. Omniscient, all-knowing, he counts not their sum. Thrown into a sea without bottom or shore. Sins they are many, his mercy is more. 
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. His mercy is more. Stronger than darkness, new every morn. Our sins, they are many. His mercy is wait as we constantly roam. What Father so tender is calling us home. He welcomes the weakest, vilest, the poor. Since they are many, His mercy is more. Praise the Sunday. Thank you for being here with us.